Matthew chapter 12, and we'll read verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Matthew 12, verse 9 says this, And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. Went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said to them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Verse 13, Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Matthew 12, verses 9 through 13. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we say hallelujah. We say amen. We say glory. And Lord, we're so glad that your story has become our story. And Lord, if we're saved, we can say, that's my story. That's my Savior. That's my Lord. That's my King. That's my Redeemer. That's the lifter up of my head. That's my shield, my fortress, my buckler. Lord, that is He, and He is all that I need. And Lord, we're so glad, dear God, that uh, those things can flow from our heart and lips this morning. Lord, I pray for each one that's here, Lord, and each one that's listening. Help them today. Lord, you know what they need uh, through thy word, through thy spirit, through the fellowship of the saints <laughs> and all that's done here today. Lord, we think of uh, uh, those that have to travel. Lord, I think of uh, Joel as he's traveled, Brother David traveling, and others <laughs> that are out there. Watch over them. Lord, we think of the, the sick among us. Lord, we think of uh, Brother Bolt's uh, stepmother. <laughs> we think of uh, Donna. We think of uh, Eric. And uh, uh, Lord, just to touch those, uh, Lord, that are sick among us and raise them up and, uh, Lord, uh, bring them back and work in their lives. And, Lord, we think of uh, Brother Wood's father as he's traveling. And, Lord, I pray you bless his time here. And, Lord, continue to work in his heart. We think of his brother also, Michael. And, Lord, we all have lost loved ones, people we've been witnessing to. And, Lord, work in their heart today as well. Now, Lord, help us, Lord, as we look at the Word of God. And, Lord, have your will and way and glorify thyself in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, it says here, verse 9, and when he was departed, he went into their synagogue. Synagogue. Of course, you know, that was just the Jewish meeting place, and uh, that's where they would meet, right, uh, uh, to, to read the Word of God and maybe get some instruction from the rabbi. But of course, uh, looking at the state of uh, Israel at the time, you know, synagogue with a Y there. I almost thought it should be spelled with an I, right? Because that's what it turned into, a synagogue, because uh, they had gotten so far away from, uh, from God. And then, of course, they met on the Sabbath, right? which we know, again, is the seventh day of the week. Why? Because, in the, again, in the Old Testament, they celebrated what? The day of rest, the day of rest. And we know that in the church age, the reason that we don't meet on the seventh day or the Sabbath is we're not celebrating the rest what are we celebrating? The resurrection. Amen. And we know the resurrection happened on the first day of the week. So today, right, even though we have a time we call Easter and all that, but really just the fact that we meet here on the first day of the week shows that every time we, we meet on that Sunday, that first day, of the week, we're saying, hey, we believe he's alive. He lives. He lives. How do you know he lives? Because he lives within my heart. That's how I know we celebrate the resurrection. 
Right? But here uh, they celebrate uh, on the Sabbath, of course, the, the Sabbath. And, of course, uh, it was before the law, but uh, under the law, it was just a way for the Israel to manifest, if you will, what they could do for God by following the law, by being obedient, right? It was, to them, it was all about what they could do for God. Boy, I'm glad God isn't dependent on me to do something for him. That's why I like the first day of the week or the Lord's Day, because what does this celebrate? By meeting here today, this day and what we celebrate, it perfectly declares not what we've done for God, but it perfectly declares we believe in what God did for us. Amen. That he died, was buried and rose again the third day. So we celebrate that. So we come in here. And it says, behold, there was a man, his hand was withered. And of course, that just means that it, uh, it, it uh, had uh, shrunk up or was decay or was crippled in some way. We see sort of a good example of that uh, in, in Kings. We see that happened actually to a king in 1 Kings, right? When uh, one of the kings, Jeroboam, was disobedient to God, it says this, it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which he had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar saying, lay hold on him, right? Saying, he was saying, take that man of God. And when he moved against the man of God, it says this, and his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up. So it withered up. Sort of that thought right there. It says it dried up, his hand withered, so that he could not pull it in again to him. That's what happened to the king. His hand withered right there on the spot because he moved against the man of God. And so we see that thought about this man with a withered hand. But thankfully, the king cried out and the, the prophet showed mercy and prayed for him. And it says the king's hand was restored to him again. But notice this interesting question here in verse 10. It says that again, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, right? This is the, the, the Pharisees there, those in the synagogue, asking Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? Now, isn't that interesting that they asked him this question? Because through this question, the amazing thing is, do they realize what they were acknowledging? Right? The, the fact that they ask this question shows their blindness because of pride or envy or whatever the case was. But this question shows their blindness. And if they would have just listened to themselves, they might have learned something. If they would have just listened to what they said because they looked at him, is it lawful what? To heal. So what were they doing? They were acknowledging that he had the power to heal. Isn't that interesting? Here they were. They were against him. They were looking for a reason to accuse him. But yet, they were acknowledging that he could heal and that he had the power to do that. And so, but in their blindness and uh, because of pride, envy, whatever the case was there, they missed out even what they were saying themselves, what they acknowledged right there about him. And sometimes, uh, 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 you know, people, they, they acknowledge things about Christ without realizing it. But you see, their concern was more for the, their power of position than their concern for the people. That is religion. You see, they cared more about controlling power than saving power. And uh, that's how religion is today. You say, man, uh, you know, how can they believe that? How can they stay that way? You know, when the word of God's right in front of them. Why? Because they care more about controlling power, right, uh, than saving 
power. But thank God there is saving power. And so, the, as a matter of fact, the hand, this withered hand, was, a, was, a, was a, actually a good picture or illustration of their religion, right? Dried up and powerless. That's what had happened to their religion because they turned against Christ. But we see this man in here, and of course, he's not completely crippled, but he had an issue with his hand. Right. And of course, with that withered hand, of course, it hindered him in some way of being maybe to do all the things that he would like to do or maybe reaching his full potential in some way. And so they ask him this. And then the Lord gives them an illustration in verse 11, which says this. And he said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, Will he, will he not lay hold and lift it up? Now, notice there he talks about a sheep falling into a pit. I want to take a side note here. There's another place where G, G, Jesus gave an illustration about one sheep. In one of those places in Luke 15, verses 3 through 7, he, he gave this story. It says this in Luke 15, verses 3 through 7, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, what man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now, here's, of course, the story of the lost sheep. And when he hath found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends, saying, Neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. And we know that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise, look at verse 7, shall be joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now notice that verse seven, it says, shall be likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Look at verse 10. Of course, he gave another illustration about the coin. Then in verse 10, he says this, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. You got to love these verses. You know, people wonder, hey, do those people in heaven, uh, you know, do the lost, I mean, the people that, not lost, but the people that are saved, the saints that are already in heaven, do they know what's going on down here? Well, I don't know if they always know what's going on, but sometimes they obviously have to know what's going on. And notice it says in the presence of the angels, so it's not the angels rejoicing. They still don't have this salvation thing figured out, right? They're thinking, man, what are all these people? Man, it was, it was so nice up here for so long that all these people come up here making all these noise, amen? <laughs> Every time something happens down there, these people get excited, right? They're rejoicing over even one sinner that comes to repent. Well, as I, as I read that, as I was these verses yesterday, I got thinking about Patrick back there, right? I was thinking about, uh, aren't you glad that Patrick's here today? And uh, uh, when, when he walked that aisle, uh, coming down here, and you know, uh, we're, we're all sitting down here and we're watching Patrick walk the aisle, amen, and, and uh, then uh, Brother Wood takes me back there and think about that. Uh, uh, Patrick, not only were we paying attention while you're in that room, not only were we wondering what was going, but hey, heaven was paying attention. Heaven was paying attention, and boy, uh, maybe God let God let them see, and uh, and that, that, that's just an exciting thing. And then uh, 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 when Patrick uh, bowed his head and received the Lord Jesus Christ, think about that, Patrick. Not only were we excited, 
Not only were the people that here were excited, but heaven itself was rejoicing. Hey, did you guys hear? Hey, 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 let me have your attention up here in heaven. Hey, we have an announcement to make. We have an announcement to make. Patrick just got in. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Amen! They got some glory and hallelujah and amens up there. Maybe a few of them did a flip. I don't know what they did down Hallelujah Avenue. But they were excited. They were rejoicing, amen, that somebody got saved. And, hey, we should rejoice. We say, hey, I tell you what, I've been rejoicing uh, all week, amen, about Patrick uh, being here. and had a good talk with him uh, on, on the phone the other day, amen. I like a man that keeps his word. When I talked to him the first time, he said, hey, I'll be there. He showed up. They talked to him this week. He said, I like a man that keeps his, his word. That's a good testimony right there and with uh, others, right? And so they, it says they, they rejoice. And that's an exciting thing. And we should rejoice when somebody, listen, I'm still rejoicing over 35 years ago. Amen. Uh, what happened to me? So, but I come, but of course here it's talking about uh, a sheep that was lost. But in our story we look at today, it was one that was just in a pit. So I want to say this, friend, you may be here today and if you are lost, hey, man, we want you to come forward and get saved. But you may not be lost, but somehow you have fallen into a ditch or in a pit. You know, and that can happen to believers, right? We thank God that, aren't you glad you can't lose your salvation? I'm glad I never have to worry about being lost again. I never have to worry about uh, uh, going to hell again. But as, as uh, Brother Wood talked about in Sunday school, we still have to get through this life. And sometimes, right, we can fall into a ditch. Sometimes we can fall into a pit and something can happen uh, in our life. You find yourself in that pit, you're stuck. You're in a spot where you're not moving forward uh, uh, spiritually and uh, emotionally. You've got trapped, if you will. And sometimes, you know, we can have a, an area where in our life where we feel like we've been crippled, right? That whole man, his whole body wasn't crippled, but his hand was. And sometimes we can have things happen in our life that, 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 you know, the devil will come in there and say, oh, man, God can't use you now. You, you've been crippled, right? You can't. No, no, you'll never reach your full potential uh, in Christ now. But you remember, he's a liar. He's a liar. Right. He wants to listen. Anything. Listen, he, he can't stop you from getting to heaven. Thank God. But he can stop you from living a victorious Christian life. He can stop you. Amen. Uh, from enjoying the full will of God for your life. He's he can stop you from stepping out. And, you know, I like what the old uh, 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 missionary said. Right. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things from God. And he'll say, oh, that might be good for that brother. That might be good for that, sister. Oh, but you've had things uh, happen in your life. That, oh, you, you can't get to that level. Oh, yes. Listen, uh, don't let the devil lie to you. I think this story is a good illustration of believers being hindered or, 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 or letting something happen in their life where they, where they, where they, they uh, hold back from God. You know, I can think of people I, right now that I, I think, you know, have, have fallen into, in, into a, a, a ditch. They've, again, gotten, gotten side, sidetracked. But you know what? Thank God for shepherds. Amen. Thank God for shepherds. And not only does a, a shepherd want to, if there's a lost sheep out there, amen, not only does a shepherd want to go out there and find that lost sheep, but a shepherd not only wants to help the lost, it wants to help those that have fallen into a pit, those that have uh, gotten sidetracked and aren't exactly where they should be with the Lord. You see, a shepherd wants to get his sheep 
out of the pit, whatever the day. You know, Proverbs 12, 10 says, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. So listen, if you get a dog, listen, I know people go, be nice to your dog. Okay, I'll say that. I mean, listen, nobody is nicer to cats than Sister Sherry. Amen. She loves her cats. And I don't get sidetracked, but she had, how is your cat doing? Unbelievable. She had a cat that was close to death a month ago, and she has nursed that thing. Every time she sees me, did you pray for my cat? And i got to be honest with you, you know, I mean, I don't put cats in the same court. Lord bless her. Lord bless her. Amen. I got in trouble with uh, Sister Rita one day, right, about dogs. So i got, I got to be careful about that. But, uh, you know, if I ever get another dog, I will be nice to it. I assure you that. I assure you that. I don't know if I'll put my dog on my prayer list, but I will be nice to my dog. All right? But listen, but the Bible does talk about, you know, if you got it, you know, be responsible for it. But in, in the spiritual sense, right, listen, uh, we should have a heart. Not, not just, oh, somebody got say, forget about them. Hey, uh, listen, uh, 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 Patrick, you don't mind me uh, pointing you out. And, and Zach, listen, these, these that have recently gotten saved in our church, listen, we're not only glad that you're saved, we want you to know we care about what's going on in your life. Amen. We want to be there for you, right? We want you to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, we want you uh, to be discipled and learn the Word of God, and and love the Word of God, and love the God of the Word, and we want you to uh, uh, move forward in the things of God. Right, we don't want you to fall into a pit. We don't want you uh, uh, something that'll stop you or hinder you in your service to the Lord. We want you to know, Amen. Uh, God loves you and saved you, and uh, uh, He He's uh, put you into our life and put us into your life, and we care. Hey, I say that to those that have just gotten saved. But it doesn't matter how long how long you've been saved. I say, how long you've been saved? Thirty years, forty years, fifty years, sixty years. Some of you've been saved uh, longer than uh, I, I've been alive. That doesn't mean you're old. It just means I'm young. Okay, remember that. Right? Right? I'm young, right? And so listen, I, we care about what's going on in your life and we don't want you to get sidetracked. And so what, what happens to those? He says, lay hold on that and lift it out. I love that, amen? What happened? If a sheep fall in, amen, that shepherd wants to lift it out. Listen, if these sorry old rascal Pharisees that tried to accuse Jesus, if they do something like that, how much, amen, our beloved great shepherd. Thank God our shepherd is in the lifting up business. Christ the great shepherd, amen, is in the lifting up business. Hey, she just sang that song, Psalm 40. Verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit. Hey, listen, uh, we usually think of that sin, right? There we were. We were in that horrible pit. We were in that miry clay. It says he set me up on a rock, and that rock is himself, amen? Jesus is the rock, and establish my goings. Thank God. Uh, he'll bring you out of the pit of sin, but whatever pit, you've gotten sidetracked, you've let some uh, sin trip you up, you've set uh, something in your life that's happened trip you up, or some tragedy holds you back from God, listen, God wants to lift you, lift you up above that situation. God wants to lift you up above your past or whatever you might be going through right now, amen, and establish your goings. He's got somewhere he wants you to go. Hey, and we know heaven one day, but he's got places he wants you to go here on earth, right? Hey, uh, uh, the other day, um, uh, I, uh, when I was, I was out, I was getting ready to mow my lawn, and uh, uh, two young men 
uh, uh, came up, but we're walking by my house, and I just, you know, went out and uh, uh, started, started talking to them, and one of them was, they were brothers. One was 14. The other one was a little bit older, and I said, oh, what, what do you want to do in life? What's going on? Talk to them a little bit and witness, and I said, I said, listen, listen, you never know what God will do with your life. Um, matter of fact, uh, two weeks uh, from today, Sunday morning, brother Pastor Cole asked me to come down. He wants me to share my testimony with a bunch of uh, bus kids and let them know, hey, uh, listen, you can even be as sorry as I was before I got saved. Amen. And God will save you and do something with your life. And so it says he brought him up out of the horror pit, out of the miry clay, uh, set his feet upon a rock, established a go as he put a new song in my mouth. Thank God. I've got a song in my heart. I've got a song in my mouth. Even though you don't want me to sing it, amen, it's there. It's there, amen. It's there, right there. But here's the problem. The Pharisees, they were more concerned about what was supposed to be happening in the service that day. Hey, you're interrupting our service. Hey, what are you doing? Don't you know that we have an order of service here? What are you doing here? You see, the Pharisees were focused on the preaching and the, the praise, the worship to be done on the Sabbath. But here's what we need to be careful. When procedures become more important than people, we're in trouble. Sure, again, we have an order of service, but if God wants to interrupt it, let him. Let him. Amen. I know usually we have an invitation at the end of the service, but listen, listen, if somebody walked out, if we were singing our first song and somebody said, hey, can you stop that song for a moment? I want to know how to get saved. Like, <laughs> Didn't you look at our order of service? Have you never been here before? You don't just interrupt our first song and we're getting ready. Huh? There's probably be somebody that I, I listen. I was in a church, the largest Baptist church in uh, Odessa, Ukraine, years ago, uh, preaching. They had gotten that way, right? They had gotten that way. So it can't happen in church. I'll never forget this. And so when I got done preaching, <laughs> when I got done preaching, this is what I said, whatever it was I preached on. I said, now we need to be praying about these things. Now you know what that means. Don't pray right then. Just, you know, take these things and be praying about them in your life and be praying about them. Well, the translator said, let's pray about this. I mean, that quick, before, I was like, 500 people stood up and just started praying the house down. I said, amen. Hey, I like this. <clears throat> amen. Amen. Right. They just started praying it down. But when I sat down, I got a note from the pastor and he said, only those opening service and closing service are allowed to request congregational prayer. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad God just missed up your service. Amen. I'm so glad. I do not feel bad. I am not offended. You know, I'm thinking God's probably got a note for you waiting on your desk when you get there. Amen. It's my house and I can do what I want when I want. Amen. It's my house. And that's the way we ought to feel. Amen. Hey, listen, let God. And that's what happened here. It's a bad day in the synagogue, if you will, or church when God cannot interrupt it to help some Buddy, hey, we want people to know, hey, listen, we have met together to, to, to worship. And what greater worship than seeing someone saved or seeing someone lifted out of the pit they are in? Hey, listen, if we're ever having a service and God burdens you or convicts you about getting saved or God uh, convicts you about something you're doing in your life or, or you just need to, to pray, I don't care if it's uh, uh, the, fifth, the first minute or the middle. Amen. Amen. We want people to know, right? Of course, we want to do things decent order. But they, hey, come to Jesus. Amen. Come 
come to the shepherd and let him get you out of that pit. Amen. Let him save you. Let him do what needs to be done in your life. You know, we should pray. We should pray. You know, that'd be a good way to, uh, to pray. Because, Lord, boy, uh, would you interrupt our service today? Now, we don't want people to interrupt it. Them kids back there, hey, watch, watch, better watch those kids. Don't Robert, are you interrupting the service? Right, hey, listen. No, we don't mind the, the kids, but listen, that would be a good prayer. We ought to just say, you know, Lord, would you interrupt? Lord, it'd be good just to see somebody, man, right in the middle of something. God, get a hold of somebody's heart, dear God, and do something special in our service day. You know, we talk about divine appointments. You know, we, we, we use that term, oh, divine appointments. Hey, uh, I think the other day when, uh, when uh, uh, Amy had the privilege of meeting Patrick, I think that was a divine appointment. Hey, I think uh, when we met Zach in Staples, I think that was a divine appointment. And many of you have had divine appointments. We want those divine appointments, and we need more of those. Hey, as we go through it, God, today, as I go, even as I'm going through our work, a customer or whoever, or a coworker, whatever it is, God, give me a divine appointment. But also, Lord, amen, not only do we want divine appointments, we want some divine interruptions. That's what happened in this service that day. They had a divine interruption like we see in this verses. And listen, thank God, Christ clarified something in verse 8. We didn't read it, but look at verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, yeah, I know I put the Sabbath and the law and all these things, but I want you to know that I'm greater than the Sabbath. Hey, we want people to know, hey, thank God for the church. Amen. Thank God for the people of God. Thank God that we get together and we have our service. But Christ is greater, amen, uh, than the church. <laughs> we're, we're his body. Christ is greater than the service. Christ is greater than any uh, a thing that we have going on. At any time, we want God to know, listen, you can step in, amen, and do something great in somebody's life. Christ is greater than the Sabbath. He was greater than the synagogue, greater than the church. You see, uh, this man, right, his hand was limited. And this sheep, right, was limited. As long as we're in a pit, we are limited. You know, of course, the Pharisees were in a religious pit. That's why there, uh, uh, somebody was asking me the other day, why, why didn't Israel, I mean, the Messiah was right in front of them, and, and Jesus, talk, he kept talking about dying and going to the cross. I said, well, because they'd gotten so far from God. And boy, you can get so far from God that you're, you're missing what God is doing right in front of you. You're missing the fact that he's right in front of you doing something. Say, God, I don't want to miss what you're doing right in front of me. But you see, today, listen, again, if you're lost, you need help. The Lord wants to lift you up. He wants to heal you. He wants to get you back, amen, to what and where you need to be. And notice he says in verse 12, he says, would you not lift him up? And then look at how much then is a man better than a sheep? Of course, we were using that sheep as an illustration, and God uses, calls us sheep, so that's a good illustration. But here he says, how much then, if you're willing to do that for a, 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 an animal, right, if you, listen, if you're willing to do that for your dog, amen, right, how much more 
for a man. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Well, the Lord makes it clear. Of course, you know, you ask a lot of people in society today, they wouldn't be able to tell you which one they think is more important, man or sheep. But thank God we have the Word of God to keep us straight. The Lord said this in Matthew 6, 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Hey, God cares about the animals that he put on this earth. But ye are much better than they. Ye are much better than they. And why? Because man is the only creature that God created with an eternal soul. With an eternal soul. That's the only one. Hey, animals, right? He, he puts them out there so we can enjoy. Hey, I, I love seeing animals run. Uh, I enjoy going to the zoo. Uh, when, I, when I was in uh, Africa out there on the safari, seeing all those uh, uh, chasing uh, wild animals, I'm glad they didn't catch me. I probably would have gotten in trouble. Hey, man, I got a video of me running with a herd of uh, a zebra and wildebeest, right? I'm glad they didn't uh, uh, catch me. But you know, hey, they're there for us to enjoy. But listen, only man has an eternal soul. And that's why they're on a totally different level. And God is clear about what he thinks about the difference. Man is not just another animal. He is a living soul. It says God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. And that's the only creature that did. And so he says this, wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. In other words, right? Every day, you see, is a good day to do the right thing. Every day is a right day, a good day to be saved. Every day is a right day, a good day to get out of the pit. A good day, right, to get your hand, your heart, your head back to its proper and correct state and status. Now, notice here, it talks about healing this man, verse 13. Then he saith to the man, stretch forth thine hand. But you see this story also in Luke. I like, I like what Luke reveals to us before he healed this man's hand. This is so good because remember, they were there. They, they were finding a reason to accuse him. They were sitting there and they were mad at him. And you know what? The Lord just didn't care. Amen. He didn't care. Listen, when, when you're doing right, you don't need to care what other people think. And look what the Lord, in Luke 6, 8, it says he did this. But he knew their thoughts, this is the same story, and said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. I like this, our Lord, he was getting ready to do something. You know what? He was in your face about it. <laughs> I like that. You see, it's like the Lord says to the religious crowd here, oh, what? Oh, you're worried about me doing something? You're worried about, listen, hey, you, come right, stay. Hey, can everybody see? Just like we sort of joke when we're singing uh, happy birthday. Say, hey, everybody stare. I think that's what the Lord did with this man. Hey, hey, you come stand in the middle. Everybody staring? Everybody see what I'm about to do? I'm about to heal this man on the Sabbath because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm God and I'm getting ready to do the right thing. And you know what? I don't care what you think about it. And that's the way we need to think, hey, the world out there, is, is it lawful? Does does the law say you can do that? You know, well, we know what it was talking about there, but that's what the world's saying to us. Hey, hey, you can't talk like that. You can't say that. Does the law say you can do that? Hey, listen, I don't 
care. Amen. I'm going to do the right thing today or whatever day it is. Amen. Because I'm living for God. I'm going to make my decisions based upon the word of God, uh, not the laws of man, not the way society thinks, but I'm sticking with God. I'm sticking with the word of God. Hey, and if you want to stare at me while I walk into church or you want to stare at me while I preach on the street or you want to stare at me while I do this and that for God, I could care less. Amen. Watch all you want to. I'm still going to do the right thing. And I like the way the Lord uh, does this. He sets a good example. Rise up, stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Amen. Again, he says, in your face, he says, I was like, what's it saying? I, I, I can picture Brother Wood saying this. I'm not scared, right? He says this, make sure everyone can see this. He says, gotta love it. Gotta love it. He didn't care who saw it. He stood. He did the right thing. It says, and he stretched forth his hand and it was restored like as the other. Why? You see, all the man, he just, oh, what did he do? How did he get restored to the right? He, simple obedience to the word of God. This thing isn't hard. Listen, having God work in your life, having God do great things in your life, it's not a difficult thing. It's just simple obedience, simple steps of faith. Amen. Trusting God according to the word of God, and he'll do great things in your life. You see, that's all it was. How did this man get healed? God said, step forth. He did it. Just simple obedience, and he was restored. That's all it takes. You see, and, and he walked out completely restored. You see, it's not about how you enter the place. It's not about how you enter the place. It's about how you leave the place. Amen. It's about how you leave the place. Right. Amen. You, I, I, the question, how did you walk in here this morning? If you walked in here lost this morning, guess what? You don't have to leave lost. If you walked out of here, believer, amen, with something going on in your life, you've fallen into a pit or, or, or you've allowed something in your life, whatever the case is, hey, let the Lord lift you up this morning. Let the Lord get you out of that, that pit. Let you, Lord put you back on track, whatever it is. Listen, I don't know how you walked in this morning, but what matters to me is how you walk out. We may not have all walked in the same way, but thank God we can all walk out the same way, amen? Exactly restored. We can all walk out of here restored. We can all walk out of here being exactly where we need to be uh, with, with, with God. And you know what? Today's the day to do it. Amen. Today's the day to do it. Let's pray.